Hi, welcome to Escape, a travel podcast. I'm John. I'm Jess. I'm Samantha. And I'm Sean. Our job might be to plan vacations, but seeing the world is our passion. Our podcast is here to help you escape. Every episode, we will discuss our favorite destinations, hotels, tours, and so much more from around the world and right into your headphones. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to Escape a Travel Podcast. My name is John, and I am joined today by my fellow podcasters. And tonight we are going to be talking about something that I think is kind of what you would say a hot topic right now in the Disney community. It's a hot topic. <laughs> if you go to any Facebook group, that's any Disney Facebook group right now, you'll see at least one per day, uh, one post about crowds. Oh, yeah. Crowds being yes. you guys agree? just insane at least. right now, and people don't know how to navigate. Like, there used to be some times during the year that you could expect some lighter crowds. And right now, traditionally it's very hard. January and February were really good months to go. Yeah. Right. But everybody found out about it. <laughs> now it's not. It's our fault. Well, it's like We've the, been talking the about first it. two weeks of December used to be awesome mm-hmm. as well. And November. They're early early November was great too. It's the way vaccinations went for kids. Like kids got vaccinated and then yeah. parents were like, all right, Disney it is. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that play into the crowds right now, but crowds are heavy. And we don't know if this is going to be the new normal or if this is a early 22 people are finally taking that vacation that they put off from 2020 and 2021. I think it's a combination of everything. But I also feel like Disney is just getting more and more popular and it's never not going to be popular. So I think it might be our new norm. Well, domestic travel is really big right now, too. There's a lot of people who are still not willing to leave the country. And so that pushes up the numbers and all the hot domestic spots. And obviously, Orlando is one of those. Orlando is one of the biggest domestic destinations. Yeah. So, okay. but just by sheer numbers, that's a great point, Jess. Thank you, John. So what we're going to do tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so we're going to. So we're going to be talking about. We have nine tips now. These are in no particular order, but Jess is going to tell us her first tip. We kind of literally put these all together no order as a group. at all. Yeah, there is no like preferred order. We don't order, even know. Jess, go ahead. I guess I'm going it's first. It's gonna be a big. <laughs> You're going first. Um, do I have to start with the first one that I have? No, no, you could do either okay. one. Free flow. Well, I like order, so I'm gonna go with the actual number one. <laughs> okay. So that was early entry to the parks, and then you do your top rides, the the big rides at that time. So for those who don't know, early entry is when you're staying on site at a Disney resort. You get to enter the parks a half an hour early, and if you are not staying on site, they will corral you. And you're able to like, depending upon which park it is, like if you're at Magic Kingdom, you can still go in the shops and all that stuff. But if you try and break off from the hub, they'll scan your band or card. And if you're not staying on site, tough luck, you have to stay there in hub jail and everyone else gets (laughs) to go. (laughs) Well, that's kind of what it feels like. And then everyone else gets to go and ride rides. For example, if I were in Magic Kingdom, I would head straight for like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or Peter Pan. You make use of that early extra half hour where the park is where some people are in jail and you are not and you ride one of the top rides. This is all four parks, which it yeah, previous versions, it was a single park and you got a full 60 minutes. Right. But now they've recently reintroduced this feature and it's all four parks a half hour early. On peak peak times over the holidays, uh, over Christmas and New Year's, they made it an hour early. Oh, did they? That's good. 
And there's rumors Which that... Which is a huge bonus if you're on property. That they're doing the hour early at some parks anyways. Like, when we were there, I'm pretty sure they did an hour early, just didn't advertise it. Because when we showed up to Hollywood Studios, we were there 45 minutes before the park opened, got through security, got in with, like, 40 minutes beforehand. Like, just, like, walked very fast all the way back to Galaxy's Edge. Because we... The trip before, we had just done Rise of the Resistance. And I'm like, eh, we'll rope drop it, whatever. If we don't do it, we don't do it. And it was already at, like, a 120 minutes at 40 minutes before the park opened. So I think they had opened that gate earlier than that. I think they opened up that day as an hour early. Kind of a good thing, but also kind of a bad thing. Like, if you didn't know that they're going to open earlier than expected, and you show up and there's already an 80 minute wait for a ride that you were hopeful to get, you know, early access on, that's kind of like. I don't know. I see the upsides, and I but I can see the frustration that could be for some people as well. Right. So, at Magic Kingdom, it's a little bit different. Every park does it differently, like um, Jess was saying. Magic Kingdom, you go and you have all of Main Street to yourself, but they push you as an entrance. They corral you um, over to the right, either to go into Fantasyland over that bridge or the to the right, the, the first bridge into Tomorrowland. And all the Tomorrowland people run to Space Mountain and all the people going to Fantasyland are typically running straight for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, so, you just got to be thinking what you want to do, what's a priority. And they are letting people into the parks early and then corralling them inside. So, it's more than at that 30 minutes. If you walk in at 30 minutes, you are at the back of that line. Mm-hmm. Like the, the line to get to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, there could be 400 people in front of you, mm. 500 people yeah. in front of you yeah. on a busy time. If Seven Dwarves of Mind Train is a thing for you, you either need to get there super, super early or you're going to want to do individual Lightning Lane, which is actually going to bring us to our next thing. And I'll go ahead and you're talk about that. You're going in order. Cool I just want to point out that you're going in order because it makes more sense. For right now, yeah. I am. <laughs> um, so <laughs> It kind of does. So, with individual, li- so we're talking about individual Lightning Lane. For those who don't know what it is, it's basically like Genie Plus. It's like a fast pass, but you pay for it. Each park right now has one individual lightning lane it used to be two but from now until the end of the summer they're just doing one so in magic kingdom it's seven dwarfs mine train in hollywood studios it's rise of the resistance if you're going to epcot epcot's is the ratatouille i'm sorry remy's ratatouille Mm -hmm. adventure so just yeah and then then over in animal kingdom it's flight of passage all four of those in my opinion are worth buying the individual lightning lane and getting a time to go back during peak times though these things are sold out before the general public can even buy oh, them. Oh, they yep. sell like out at like one minute after seven. <laughs> like right. 701. And say you pick your, say you, the, when you when you get there and it says you can pick be- between 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, like whatever times are available and you pick 12, like the earliest one. And then by the time I actually hit apply or like, you know, purchase, it had me at three. Which is so crazy. those are, the, which is nuts. Like you're not actually locking in the time until you actually can compl- like get to that next step. See, I didn't have that problem. I didn't have that problem on the individual lightning lane. I had that problem on the actual Genie Plus yeah. one, but on the, in, on the, the ill, um, I actually got a, yeah. Yeah. Like I would pick a specific time and it worked. Which ride was that for? Uh, Rise of the Resistance and Flight of Passage. Oh, wow. And it worked. Yeah. And it was the exact yeah, it time gave for me, you. It gave me a whole list of. Yeah. Uh, the whole yeah. list. I did that. Pick 12. And it, my return time was 2.50. Oh, it was like, fooled you, fool. And I was like, <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. It was fine. We made it work. Yeah. You know, that was the day we ended up stacking everything, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I will say that... 
what I'm doing is if there's something that I absolutely want to do on that trip and it's available as an individual lightning lane, I'm grabbing Same. it. Yeah. Like with the crowds the Worth way they it. are, you've already spent four grand on this trip, five grand on this trip. Like what is the extra $7 a person or $12 a person? Just spend the money, guarantee that ride. You don't want to wait because when we were there, Rise of the Resistance never went below 180 yeah. minutes all well, day. especially wow. when you're traveling with kids, there's no ride that's worth standing in line for three hours for for little kids. They're just not going to no. do Nothing. it. So, like, save yourself the hassle and pay $10 to get three hours back of your life on vacation. <laughs> Time is money. Mm-hmm. Time is money. And the best part is, too, I think when you do the individual lightning lane is that you, you know, you're like, oh, you know, the old fast pass system, you'd have to still wait in like a 20 to 30 minute line. We walked on everything with the individual lightning lane, like Rise of the Resistance. We just walked through the queue, you know, went through all the steps. Boom. And that is the way it should be. Yeah. Flight was crazy. Like almost every time before I'd done flight was with a fast pass, an old fast pass. Mm -hmm. But with this lightning lane, we literally walked right into the place right before the holding area and they were looking yeah. for a group of four and pulled us out of line and we just like walked right on so <laughs> yes, we had amazing. that as well they were looking for a group of three and we're like hey we're three it was yeah. awesome yeah it's so worth it and i mean i think we paid what 15 dollars that day for flight of passage no that was for rides no i think flight, flight of passage was is like 11, 11 yeah. which is and the totally prices worth it. are they do yield the prices. So on one day, it may be $11. Another day, it may be $9. Yeah. So but I, just know, I did I think pay $15 per person to ride Rise of the Resistance, Rise. and it was 100% worth it. That was Cam's. Was that Cam's first try? It was his second. His second. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This last trip we went, we purchased it because it was Matias's first time on Flight of Passage. And it was so fun. Like, I love that ride. And I just looked over at him while we're riding. And his, he's like, you know, it looks like a motorcycle <laughs> almost when you're riding it. And his, he's like this. And his whole face was like lit up. It was it was fun. You know, That is oh, one yeah. of for the me, best rides for a, a very first timer getting yeah. to experience that. Being able to like, exactly. You can kind of look over and see their expressions. I had the same experience with Julie our last trip. And it was just the best, the best dad moment that I've had at Disney. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun. Great. For sure. And to- totally made the, I would have paid double that price for the individual lightning lane for that moment. Yep, so yep. for me, I am big on individual lightning lanes. Let's, we're going to keep moving with this and just do the next one just because it directly ties okay. into to lightning well, lane. Well, we are continuing in order. And um, so. <laughs> Ready to go, John. As part of the new uh, Genie Plus system, I guess new-ish, is the individual attraction selection, or is that what they used to call ill? I don't even no, know. What are these called? Ill. Genie Plus? Genie Plus. A Genie Plus r- okay. ride. Lightning Lane with Genie Plus. We are so not going to hash back through these. The, oh. the, the Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely not. So, so anyway, this, explain, explain what we mean by stacking Genie okay, Plus. Okay, stacking Genie Plus, which is, in my opinion, the, the best improvement they made o- over the old FastPass system. And mm-hmm. pre COVID, when you had fast pass, you would make your three fast passes for the day. But those fast passes could not be. They couldn't overlap. They couldn't overlap by an hour. So let's say you had one at noon. The earliest you could make your next one for is 1 p.m. But with the new Genie Plus system, they can overlap. They just can't be at the exact same time. So, for example, Sam and I went back at night on our, what was that, our last night there um, last week. And we made 
three Genie Plus reservations for 8.25, um, 8.45, and 9 p.m. So we literally did three rides in 35 minutes. That was that was awesome because we didn't we hardly waited more than three minutes in line and we got to knock off three good rides at the end of the night. And then we did something after that, but that's not part of my numbers, so I can't talk about it. Um. (laughs) So that's coming up in a sec. But I think one thing to really reiterate here is what most people are really, really upset about with Genie Plus is they get there in the morning and a lot of the morning stuff is already gone because everybody got up, all the people on site, everybody off site, all can book their first reservation at seven. And that means the majority of the morning stuff for the top attractions are gone by the time you step foot in the park. If your goal is to get Seven Dwarfs, oh, not Seven Dwarfs, I'm sorry, but like Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, um, some of those big name rides, Big Thunder over in Magic Kingdom. They, Jungle Cruise. They, Jungle they need Cruise. to be your first choice of the day. Yeah, and, and expect that it's possible that you're going to get a return time that's a, a little bit later on, even though that's your very first stop off. And that's what Jess right. is talking about, stacking, because they're going to give you an opportunity to still utilize Genie Plus if you've gotten a, a later return time on one of those high priority or high crowd right. rides. So let's put all these three together and look really quickly when on my Hollywood Studios day. I think Hollywood Studios is the number one offender with this. When I went to Hollywood Studios, I first thing I did when I woke up, we decided that morning on this trip not to do an individual lightning lane for Rise. But if we did, the first thing I would have done was book my Rise of the Resistance individual lightning lane. And if it's just me and my wife's not there with her phone, the next thing I would do after that would be book Slinky mm-hmm. Dog. Because for me, that's my number one non- Sam and I definitely did Divide and Conquer, where one of us would take the ill and the other one would take the Genie Plus. I think that's yeah. the best way to do it, because you can't both you have do to, it. I'm going to tell you this, you though. If you have to pick, if you only have one person doing it, you need to get Slinky first. I agree. And then you yes. So. yes. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because mm-hmm. when I did Slinky the other day, it was like six o'clock was my return time. Yeah, yeah so you got to do Slinky first. We did that first, and we got it at 3.30, which wasn't that bad, because we were going into the parks late that day. Yeah, so I think for me, the perfect plan is once you get your Slinky, grab your individual Lightning Lane for Rise... And then my personal opinion, because of what my kids like to do, we early entry and we go first things first is we hit Millennium, no, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Your kids. Because at at Rope Drop, everybody and their mom is running to Rise of the Resistance and it's a walk on at Rope Drop, uh, early entry Rope Drop right onto Millennium Falcon. You could do it twice if you really, really wanted to. Our plan is always to hit that and then cut over and hit Toy Story Mania. Mm -hmm. That's like our go-to plan in Hollywood Studios. And then, like Jess was saying, then you can start stacking your Genie Plus for the afternoon and evening and then take a midday break go to the pool take a nap whatever it is you want to do eat at like a restaurant that you've been wanting to eat at at one of the resorts that you you maybe wouldn't have had time to do otherwise like for me the combination of early entry individual lightning lane and stacking your genie plus for the evening is magic one thing too we noticed that was kind of odd was so we'd go in like every two hours you can make your your next selection so we would go in ready to make one and then we're, and it would pop up for like two hours from when we we're going to be there. So we had to keep checking back and wait until it aligned closer to our nighttime plans. 
Mm-hmm. So right. that yeah. that was I wish that you could select your time just like that you time, could yeah. with the other ones because then you had to remember, all right, 15 minutes, let's check back to see if they've gone past 5 p.m. yet. Yeah. But yeah. It, it but if but to be fair, if we were staying in the parks, we would have had plenty of oh, you know options definitely. to and, do that. Right. Yeah. If you wanted to do stuff during and the day. And we still yeah. use them. I mean, we it's not yeah. like we le- had them go to waste. We just, you know, were glued right. to our phones a little bit more than otherwise. Well, and the thing the thing about Hollywood Studios though is like all so much goes so fast and there's not that many rides on Genie Plus. I mean, there's more than there are at Animal Kingdom, but I just feel like the the good stuff ends up getting pushed to the evening times. Mm-hmm. That and my kids won't ride Tower of Terror. So for me, that's one's always available and I can never grab it like for midday. Yeah. yeah. So let's now push these three things we talked about early entry, individual lightning lane, stacking Genie Plus with the midday break to what I think is like the perfect piece of this is staying deluxe. Now, I know people are being like, well, yeah, that's great if you have the budget to stay deluxe, John. But like, <laughs> that's totally how I would say it to you, too. You I know, said right? it, not me. <laughs> I know, which is. Totally true. But I'll just say this. If you are able to stay deluxe, all except for one of the deluxe resorts has direct non-bus transportation. Many are walkable or are accessible via a boat or Skyliner or monorail to a park, which is awesome. It saves you time to go back for that pool break. It saves you time to go eat lunch at a resort, staying at Contemporary Resort. Go have lunch at Steakhouse 71 or... Go have lunch over at um, at Kona. Like, there are lots of great options where you can go get lunch. You don't have reservations, but you're staying at Riviera. Go to, um, what's the the, the terrace? Um, Topolinos? No, not Topolinos. Oh, Primo what's the Piatto, quick whatever it is. Primo Piatto is like amazing quick service. Like, you can get to your resort so much faster and take those breaks so much faster that Deluxe just pays for itself, in my mind, in the time, time you save. Time at Disney is money. And the closer mm-hmm. you can get to the parks... Based on where your resort is, you just have a better overall experience. You have less of the commute time back and forth uh, because you do have possible walkability. You have an additional mode of transportation, whether that's monorail, whether that's Skyliner, whether that's water taxi. Whereas you get down into the moderate and value resorts, you get away from those extra modes and move straight towards buses. To busing. And that is kind of where those longer commute times really, they start to eat into your day. And time is money and staying deluxe or like high level moderate is a, something to truly consider. I think so as well. And I mean, Skyliner is amazing, but I will say this, the Skyliner in the morning, you're going to wait 30 minutes. So factor that 30 minutes into your time, into your morning. Be there the moment that the Skyliner opens if you want to rope You need drop. to pull a Jess and do a split state, like eight different resorts all on the same trip and focus <laughs> on specific parks based on where that resort it's really fair. shines. I don't recommend that yeah. anybody do that unless you're <laughs> unless you're guided by a seasoned professional because yeah. that Jess is- will travel Even with then, you. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I know it's hard. Packing up is the worst. But it is yeah. it's kind of part of the job. It helped me learn a lot that trip. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, I want to say the other part of deluxe beyond me. It's walkability or quick trans <laughs> transportation for your breaks. One thing I want to talk about, and Jess, I want you to elaborate on this, mm-hmm. um, is deluxe evening hours. Okay. What is deluxe evening so hours? So on Monday nights, you get two extra hours at Epcot. And on Wednesday nights, you get two extra hours at Magic Kingdom. And when staying deluxe, when correct? staying deluxe, mm-hmm. so they will scan your band 
if you're trying to check into the parks after closing time and you can get in if you're staying deluxe and if you go to ride a ride or shop in a store which shop in a store shop in a store yep so they are trying to encourage you to leave the park yes at that point they want you gone so I, yeah, I mean, Bye. she's not even joking. I've read a lot of stuff online where people are very upset that they are not allowed to shop past closing time because on a normal, because on a normal day, right, you, can. you have like an hour to shop um, right. before they start sweeping the parks, but not on these special deluxe nights for the, for, for the deluxe guests. Peasants I'm sorry. Leave. I don't know how to say this without sounding like an elitist, but it's kind of like a, it's, it's like a party. It's like a party, but there are no parades, <laughs> if fireworks, you have money. or if you special have, it's a, it's food. A, it's a money and after hours There's party. There's no trick or treating or cookie stops or anything like that. But yeah, the crowds are the lower crowds though than the are, than, they're so are, than low. Christmas they're so or, low. or Halloween. Um, so Sam and I ended up doing what, like seven rides. We did a ton of in stuff. In two hours? We were did. you hurt there the whole time? Yes, we were there yeah, the we whole were. time. Okay. And mm-hmm. we did more rides in those two hours than we usually do on a normal girls trip to Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. So, what, what I think the biggest mis- I mean, I understand a lot of people can only schedule their vacations like Thursday to Sunday who are doing like a four-night four trip or whatever. But like you're missing out completely on oh. this this benefit of staying deluxe. If you check in on a Sunday or check in on a Monday and check out on a Thursday, you have just gotten uh, yourself two nights mm-hmm. of of late hours. And you can take a really long break in the middle of the day knowing you're going to like knock out a ton of stuff. Yeah, so we after part on my next family trip, we're actually arriving on a Wednesday. Um and I fully plan on using Wednesday as a park day and going to Magic Kingdom that night because I mean, we won't have to go back. Like that that yeah. will yeah. that will do everything we want to do, you know, after five or six or whatever so i don't even i don't even mind using a park day on that because that two hours at night especially in the summer heat is priceless totally agree all right i'm gonna hit one super fast and then we're gonna move over to sean so the next one i was gonna talk about is if you come more than once a year if you visit the parks more than once a year or at least once a year maybe and there's always going to be stuff that you skip like for us, very rarely do we make it out to Tom Sawyer Island or we only ride the Carousel of Progress every few trips. Like for those are the things that on a crowded, crowded day, you want to hunt down and search out what used to be like maybe like a B ticket attraction, an A ticket attraction and check those things out. Like my kids have a blast out on Tom Sawyer Island. They could spend two or three hours out there if I let them. Like they just like in the fort, they're going around, they're going in the tunnels, they're going on the bridges, they're to them, that is like some of the most fun they have. At Matt, he'll get Love lost, it. right? Yeah, Matias got lost two times ago in December on <laughs> Tom Sawyer Island. <laughs> oh, two times ago, not two times in the same trip. That's no, how I heard that for I, a second. He, I did not lose him because I had special rules. He wasn't allowed to leave a certain area on this last trip, and he couldn't leave his brother's side. Smart. Yeah, I was there solo with the boys. So I'm a big, big fan of hitting the stuff that you skip sometimes. Maybe we watched Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. Oh, it had it. been closed for so long that it was really, really fun to go see it for the first time after a couple years. I watched that this last trip, too. It was really good. Yeah. And when we went, we went to the last show of the day and it was packed. Mm-hmm. Every seat was taken. It was crazy. Like, and it you was have to very think popular. about that, too. Like when those shows, now that they're all back, it really cuts down on the people in the park. Like people walking yeah, in the park, yeah. especially that venue. That yes, venue is huge. so big. Mm-hmm. That's a good show, too. Right. I love that show. 
I do too. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. They do a really, really good job with that show. And it's obviously not a low budget show. So it's, I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's back. All right, Sean, why don't you talk to us about um, eating? <laughs> what are your thoughts on eating? What are your thoughts on food? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's food, necessary, Sean. but I enjoy it as well. So what John kind of alluded to earlier is really scheduling, like think through when you're going to have your, your meal breaks. Um, what my family likes to do and I what I think is a really solid overall tip is to schedule some of those sit-down meals at that lunch hour mm-hmm. rather than doing a dinner. So the point of that is it's peak time of the day in terms of crowds and in terms of temperature. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a little solace in some air conditioning for an hour or even going back to your resort for a couple hours, grab some pool time. I call it morale improvement for my family. Um <laughs> I you love know, it. Is that a military term? I love it. <laughs> no. You can still get grumpy at Disney. It happens. Uh, <laughs> there is the hustle and bustle of being in the parks and being able to take just a break and go back, chill at the pool for a couple hours, maybe grab a nap, and then come back in late afternoon, early evening. And especially what Jess was just talking about, if you're staying deluxe and have that option for the extra couple hours in the evenings, you don't need to go so hard you know, from open to close. Take a break. Take a breather and really just navigate that high crowd level and high temperature time. It's also easier to get dining reservations if you're not trying to get them at 12 and 6. So, like, try to get a three o'clock. Yeah. So, I have clients who plan their big meals for 2 p.m. every day. So, they're going to do like go there in the morning, take the 2 p.m. break, and then they can relax and go back and not have to worry about dinner. They'll get quick service or whatever. And I think yeah. that's exactly like what we're talking about. I think it's a great strategy if that works for your family. All right, Sam. Okay, so I'm going to go through mine pretty quick. Um, avoid holidays. <laughs> so avoid holidays. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> that's crazy. Wait, I, so Sam, I, I know a lot of people probably don't think about this, but I've, I think that Disney would be just so much fun at Christmas. I know most people are going to be at home around the Christmas tree. No one else is going to want to do it. They're going to want to spend time with Dude. their family. But me, I am smarter than the average bear and I want to go at Christmas. No. I want to avoid the crowds. You're not going. <laughs> don't do it. I'm really not. You can go the week before. <laughs> just make sure you have a park reservation. Man, yeah. I was going to say crowd psychology it fascinates okay. me it how everybody wants to go at the same time. Possibly the worst overall investment in terms of a Disney trip to go during the holidays. I personally like, think I it think, is. Okay, so like it depends. Jess and I went in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was probably the only time I would ever recommend going Agreed. to Disney over Christmas. And it, was, and it was still busy. But it was fabulous. Because it was like fabulous. compared and we're to co- like February 2020 because of this it was year, COVID. Yeah. Crowds were yeah. low. Okay. It's never gonna be like that again. Like if you wanna go over Christmas, more power to you, but you better pack your patience and you better pack your your big girl panties because and you better <laughs> grab another credit card for the pricing because they're yeah, charging a premium to do it at that time, time and you're go. getting <laughs> half of the experience because the crowds are insane. Okay, mm-hmm. that is its own experience though. Hold go on, ahead, when Jess. Sam talks about holidays, like right, we immediately start joking about Christmas and New Year's and Easter. Like, don't forget about Easter, but. We're not just right. talking about like the we're big major. We're talking about President's, President's Day, Day, Labor Day, MLK, MLK Junior Day. Like, and don't forget about 
the the marathon weekend princess half marathon veterans day uh, like halloween anytime <laughs> like there is a <laughs> holiday every month memorial day fourth of july those are like think yeah you about- should be yeah. skipping those right if kids are out of school anywhere that's well, the big thing anywhere if the kids are out of school august that's late gonna august, mean late well, august is my kids are right. in school my kids are in school Mine in are august. not in late august so you just you're contending with the heat at that point but like yeah i've I mean, had <laughs> that is a whole I've other seen, thing like great i mean up here late august is like the time right now and i'm having no issue switching people like Everything they the want is available. There. So can I right. can I add one thing to our current list? Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. don't be afraid to take your kids out of school right now and go yep. at a time when every other school is in session and doesn't have a current holiday. I agree. Like but early here's October. The thing. So I agree it. with that, but it's hard because we have we have fall break early October. And no. then it's well, like you know, like what is it? Louisiana has the week of Mardi Gras obviously off. So right. it's like in February, it's like, oh, well, they're all, the whole state of Louisiana was at Disney in February. Yeah. Yeah, February is really now out. Jersey. Like, and the just week, don't you know, go in like February. The week we went, Sam, too, was not my kids' uh, school vacation week in Massachusetts, but it was New Hampshire's school vacation week. So, mm-hmm. like, so it's like, yeah, you got to just know all the stuff. But I still it's took like, my kid out of school. <laughs> it wasn't her vacation, same. but <laughs> <laughs> it was. I think the point. So, what I would do is I would avoid the big holidays if you can. Yeah. yeah. Because those are going to be the worst. And then you have a tier of the next level of holidays, which is President's Day, MLK, the stuff in the and summer. And watch the like races, the random- too. Like, I know what Sam yeah. said. Like, the races are sometimes worse than a holiday. Yeah. So yeah, Honestly, the second half of the summer has gotten really, really yeah. good compared to the rest of the year. Because like, it's if you don't want to take your kids out of school. Of yeah, because you might actually melt. <laughs> yeah. It's science, but... <laughs> No. All right. Last one, Sammy. Okay. So, like, the parades are coming back, which is exciting. But that's a great time also to, like, ride the rides, you know, when the crowds are all lining Main Street and Frontierland and all these things. It's a great time to go get in line for rides. So, mm-hmm. if, if it's, it's a patch- terrible time to try to cross the park, <laughs> yeah. but it's a good time to ride a ride where you are. Yeah, because it's like you, your kids don't care about parades. You don't care about parades. Go ride rides and get stuff done. Same with fireworks. Same with fireworks. You can see them from all over the park. If you don't care about the projections and the actual like music from the show, just watch the fireworks from a line. We could hear the the music from outside. That's true. That's true. For me, I am not a big parade person. That's why I love the cavalcades. I like run and take a picture. Like Matthias will run over and like wave to the princesses or the other Disney characters, and they'll blow him a kiss, and you know he has a you know makes him happy. And then we uh, (laughs) and it's five seconds long. (laughs) Yeah, I love that about the cavalcades. But now that the parades are back, I am not one to park my hiney for forty-five minutes to watch a parade. I would rather get in line and save thirty minutes off that ride. that line time because everybody else has parked their hiney on the asphalt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said hiney and asphalt in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know. Uh-huh. So, but no, that's a good one, Sam. No, I agree. Like, and just look at the calendar or the schedule for the day. They are bringing it when they yeah. bring it back. It's really weird. They're bringing it back two times a day. And I think they're doing Smart. that to disperse the crowds a little bit because it, it's going to be popular when they when they come back. So that's good. I think those are all really really good ideas. But like Sam said, pack your patience and your big girl panties. Yep. 
Be kind to the cast members. The policies and the lines are not their fault. They didn't decide to go to Disney the same day everybody else decided to go to Disney. You decided to do that. So don't be mad at the cast members and have a good time. Like, and take a break. I'm big on breaks. Oh, yeah. Breaks, if you need them, they help your attitude. They help your kid's attitude. They get you off your feet. Exactly. On that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up uh, this episode. Um, if you have made it this far and you enjoy our podcast, we would really love your support by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or like and subscribe everywhere else. It'll help other like-minded people find our show through the algorithm. Lastly, if you'd like to connect with us and give us your feedback or your tips on um, how to navigate crowds in 2022, you can do so by going to Facebook and doing a search for Escape a Travel Podcast. On behalf of the entire crew, we thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. 